So last week, we heard a wonderful message from one of our elders, Bridget Peary, where she guided us through the story of the road to Emmaus, and she helped us recognize three very important aspects of our journey to spiritual health and maturity. So if you weren't here last week, I really do want to encourage you to take some time to listen to her message. She really does help prepare our hearts to get ready as we're going to launch the Emotional Healthy Spirituality course next week. Plus, she shares her own powerful testimony. So I really want to encourage you, glean from what others who have already started on this path, glean from what they have their experience for you. But I do want to acknowledge a couple things as we're getting ready to start on this, because I understand that the thought of this journey may be a little uncomfortable, and it may be a little bit scary. Unpacking what's in our hearts and wrestling with all of that can be really difficult, and for some of us, it could really make us want to run in the other direction. So I want to assure you, if you feel this way, you're not alone. And that's why we're not doing this journey alone. We're not meant to. And as Bridget pointed out last week, the disciples on the road to Emmaus never were alone, not even for one moment. They did the whole journey together, and so we're going to follow their lead, and we're going to do this together. So I hope today, to help ease maybe some of our discomfort and our anxiousness, we're going to look at another well-known story to help us see what Jesus desires to do with us and what he desires to do for us on our own journeys. So we're going to take a look at the story of the woman in the well from John chapter 4. Now, I know it's pretty well known, so I want to really encourage you to step back and look at this story differently. I want you to look at this encounter with your heart. So put aside all the knowledge you have of the story and step into the woman's shoes. Look at Jesus through her eyes and experience her emotions and then focus on how Jesus is ministering to her. So let's start with reading this story from the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verses 3 through 30 and 39 through 41. You can follow along in your bulletin. Jesus left Judea and went back to Galilee. On his way there, he had to go through Samaria. In Samaria, he came to a town named Sychar, which was not far from the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by the trip, sat down by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw some water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The woman answered, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan, so how do you ask me for a drink? Jews will not use the same cups and bowls that Samaritans use. Jesus answered, if you only knew what God gives and who it is that is asking you for a drink, you would ask him, and he would give you life-giving water. Sir, the woman said, you don't have a bucket and the well is deep. Where would you get that life-giving water? It was our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well. He and his children and his flocks all drank from it. You don't claim to be greater than Jacob, do you? Jesus answered, those who drink this water will get thirsty again, but those who drink the water that I will give them will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give them will become in them a spring which will provide them with life-giving water and give them eternal life. Sir, the woman said, give me that water, then I won't be thirsty again, nor will I have to come here to draw water. 
Go and call your husband, Jesus told her, and come back. I don't have a husband, she answered. Jesus replied, you are right when you say you don't have a husband. You have been married to five men, and the man you live with now is not really your husband. You have told me the truth. I see you are a prophet, sir, the woman said. My Samaritan ancestors worshiped God on this mountain, but you Jews say that Jerusalem is the place where we should go to worship God. Jesus said to her, believe me, woman, the time will come when people will not worship the Father either on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans do not really know whom you worship, but we Jews know whom we worship because it is from the Jews that salvation comes. But the time is coming and is already here when by the power of God's Spirit, people will worship the Father as he really is, offering him the true worship that he wants. God is spirit, and only by the power of his spirit can people worship him as he really is. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah will come, and when he comes, he will tell us everything. Jesus answered, I am he. I who am talking with you. At that moment, Jesus' disciples returned, and they were greatly surprised to find him talking with a woman. But none of them said to her, what do you want? Or asked him, why are you talking with her? Then the woman left her water jar, went back to the town and said to the people, come and see the man who told me everything I had ever done. Could he be the Messiah? So they left the town and went to Jesus. Many of the Samaritans in that town believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I had ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they begged him to stay with them, and Jesus stayed there for two days. Many more believed because of his message. This is the word of the Lord. So this encounter is unique and it's difficult on several different levels. Culturally, this whole encounter was completely unacceptable. The Jews and the Samaritans, they didn't engage with each other. They had quite a hostile relationship. The Samaritans were considered half-Jewish, but not the chosen Jews. Their practices and their beliefs were disgraceful, to say the least, to the Jews. They intermarried with pagans. They didn't follow Jewish laws or customs, especially when it came to worshiping God. They didn't even accept all of the Jewish writings and teachings. And I'm just really giving you a very broad overview of their complicated relationship. There's a lot of history to their relationship. So Jews would do the best they could to completely avoid the Samaritans when possible. In fact, they would choose to take the long trip all the way around Samaria to avoid having any interaction with them. Yet, Jesus deliberately went right to Samaria. He didn't take any long ways. He went right to the heart of there. Culturally, it was also regarded as inappropriate to have a public conversation with a woman, especially without her husband or male relative. Even for the rabbis, that was a big deal. The Pharisees, some of them at that time, took that so seriously that when they would walk by women in public, they would close their eyes to avoid even making contact with them. Jesus, though, he sat down in a public spot had a conversation with a woman, a Samaritan. He defied all of the cultural practices of the time. He knew them, he understood them, he even acknowledges them in their conversation, but there's something more important at stake here. 
So today there's four things that I want us to see during their conversation. Four things that are just as important to us today for our own emotional journeys. Things that Jesus desires to do with us and for us if we allow him to walk through our pain with us. The first thing I want us to notice is, why is the woman at the well there at noon, and why is she alone? She goes to draw water in the hottest part of the day, and she goes all by herself. Women would go together, and they would go in the early morning in the cooler parts of the day. Drawing water was as much as a social activity for them as it was for a need for safety. Yet this woman deliberately chooses a time when she knows that she will be completely alone. She plans her day around being confronted with her deepest pain and experiencing more shame. So given her past and where she is even right at the point of this story, it's clear that she wouldn't have been welcomed into the town's ladies group. She would have been shunned, cast aside, labeled as a disgraceful and immoral woman, some commentaries that I read even labeled her as a homewrecker. One blog went as far to say that she was just one step above a prostitute. Those are some pretty harsh labels to put on someone. So none of us really have to imagine why she would endure going to the well at the hottest part of the day and risking her own safety to avoid confronting her deep pain and shame. But notice where Jesus is. He stays in the encounter with her. He goes against all the cultural norms and expectations of the time just to be present with her in that moment. He steps into her pain. He steps into her world. And by doing that, he validates her worth. Because no one is ever too far gone or too much of an outcast for Jesus. Every single person is precious and worth it to him. Now, he could have chosen to completely ignore her, and that would have been culturally acceptable. He could have condemned her. He could have shamed her for her lifestyle, but he didn't. He stayed right there with her. And in that process, her heart was slowly starting to open, and she started to begin wrestling with all that was in. But during that, we never, ever see Jesus make any attempt to leave no, he's totally immersed in this conversation and completely focused on her. Jesus saw her as the Father's creation, created for a special purpose. At that moment, though, she couldn't see herself like that. She was burdened with her sin and her pain and her shame. She couldn't see herself as anything more or different than who she was in that very moment. And sometimes we, too, can get stuck like the woman in the well. When our hearts are hurting and our pain is overwhelming, sometimes we can't see ourselves as anything more different than where we are right at that moment. It's not until Jesus breaks through that pain to deliver us, to heal us, to help us see through his eyes our worth, our purpose, our identity in him. We really do need Jesus to come and shine his light in our hearts to help us see through all the things that blind us so that we can really see who he is to us and who we are to him and who we are in him. And today, Jesus is still doing this. The second thing I want us to notice is that even though the woman is confronted with her sin and it causes some pain, she stayed with Jesus. 
Now, I think most of our first reactions, especially for us women, would be to run in the other direction if a strange man starts talking to us about our sin. I mean, most of us don't want to hear our sin from people we know well, let alone people we don't know. We don't want to have to confront those emotions. We don't want to hear the long speeches or other people's opinions. And we certainly do not want to deal with the feelings of conviction. Jesus, though, is completely unfazed by her sin. He's completely invested in her and determined to get to her heart. And notice, she doesn't shy away. She's pressing him. She's asking questions. She's seeking him. And he meets her wherever she leads the conversation. He knows that part of the reason her pain and sin is there is because there's a void in her that she just can't fill. And he desperately wants to fill it for her. He wants to get to her heart to deliver her from all that's in there so that he can fill her with his living water. But in order for Jesus to do that, he has to be willing to step into her world, and quite literally. He had to push through all the cultural norms. He had to be willing to step into the land of Samaria and be willing to, drink, to meet with her. And he even literally had to be willing to drink from her cup, which, by the way, would have been really disgusting to a Jew. But he defies everything he was taught as a Jewish boy and a Jewish man because there's something more precious here at stake. Piercing her heart, revealing himself to her, and setting her free was far more important than what society said. It didn't matter what the world said or what the world saw. It only mattered that the Messiah was here to free this woman. Now, she would have known as well that she shouldn't have been talking to a man. She shouldn't have been talking to a Jewish man. And this could have been a potentially dangerous situation for her. But she stayed. She obviously felt safe enough to stay with Jesus. And not only did she feel safe enough to stay, she felt safe enough to allow Jesus to lead her on a path to healing and freedom. Even in our most vulnerable moments, the presence of Jesus makes us feel safe. Even in piercing our hearts, even in confronting our pain and trying to hide those areas from him, he still breaks through to make us feel safe. Standing in the light of God may reveal some ugly things, but his presence, when we're in his presence, we're held. Can you allow Jesus to shine his light into those places of hurt so you could be free? Whatever your story is, Jesus can do this for you. Your story doesn't turn him away. He promises to stay, and he's just as determined to get to your heart, to confront your hurts, to deliver you and free you. And today, Jesus is still doing this. The third thing I want us to see is what happens when Jesus reveals himself to her. When it finally hits the woman that she is standing in the presence of the Messiah, the one that everyone is waiting for, both the Jews and the Samaritans, nothing else mattered. That void that was in her, what she was longing for, she now could see was right in front of her. And she let go of everything that she was carrying to grab a hold of Jesus. And he filled her up. He filled her to the point of overflow with his living water. When the Holy Spirit comes in and he opens our hearts and clears a path through all the things we hold on to, particularly the unhealthy things, we have room to be filled with that life 
giving water of Christ. And once the woman was at that point and she let Jesus in, he was able to show her what she was really looking for. She wasn't looking for what she had. No, what she had, she was just using to kind of mask her pain. She was just trying to fill a void. But she was making unwise choices, and she was hoping that she would find fulfillment and satisfaction in these choices. But instead, those choices led to more pain and seeking more and more of what the world could offer to fill that void. How often do we turn to the world to satisfy us when we have a void? instead of turning to the one who truly can satisfy us, the one that is always walking right beside us. I imagine that the woman at the well was experiencing a great deal of pain during that conversation. I believed it opened up a lot of emotions for her. And I imagine that it wasn't easy to stand in the light of God, exposing so many things that she was desperately trying to hide and even ignore. And I know there's a lot more to the story that we'll never know. There's probably a series of events and bad decisions that brought her to the place she was at. It was messy and it was complicated, but in all of it, Jesus shows his gentleness. He only exposed what needed to be exposed in order to set her free. God only exposes in us what needs to be to set us free. He doesn't expose things to harm us or to bring us shame. And when we step into God's light, it's for freedom. We step in there for healing. We step in there because we want to meet with the one who can bring us to that place, the one who stays and loves us through the process, the one who tends to our wounds and binds them up just, and cares for us just like a shepherd cares for his sheep. And when we finally do make it through that process, our relationship is never going to be the same with him. We know him better, we trust him more, and we love him deeper than we did before. So as we start our EHS journey next week, I hope that you will remember the woman at the well and how Jesus was willing to defy all the cultural rules to walk through her pain with her. I hope that you will remember how he never left her, how he never loved her any differently or any less, and how he never shied away from her. I hope that you remember that he was determined to get to her heart, and he's determined to get to yours. So if you haven't signed up for an EHS group yet, I encourage you to do so. Walk with others on this journey to emotional health and maturity. Bridget is going to be in Brooks Hall today. She's happy to answer any of your questions. She can get you signed up, get you the materials that you need. And if you can't join a small group this time around, pick up the daily devotional. We'll all be doing the daily devotional, so we'll be doing it together. I know that if you are faithful to meet God, He will meet you every single day in those devotions. All right, so the fourth thing. The fourth thing is the beautiful ending of this story, at least what's recorded in John 4. I would love to have known what happened after this. Maybe in heaven we'll get to hear her story. Yeah, that woman had some deep wounds there. And I'm not suggesting that in that one encounter, everything was made perfect. Emotional healing takes time and it takes work. I do believe, though, that we can all be deeply and profoundly changed in one encounter with Christ. And clearly this woman experienced this. 
So as I close, I want to invite you to jump back into that woman's shoes. Open up your heart. Because I want you to experience her healing and her freedom. This story started off with a sad and broken woman, but it ended with a woman who was full of joy, living out her purpose. She was filled with the living water of Christ, and as it began to overflow from her, she left everything behind, and she went back to the town to tell everyone that the Messiah was here. She went back to that place of hurt, but this time she went back as a free woman. And because of that one encounter with Jesus, she was able to give what she had received to those who had hurt her. And many in that town came to believe in Jesus because of her testimony. Verse 39 from our reading today tells us that many believed because the woman, yes, the woman said that Jesus had told her everything she had ever done. That woman who was an outcast. That woman who was burdened with shame and pain just a few minutes earlier. That woman who endured hardship to avoid all of that pain was now running to live out her purpose and bring people to the Messiah. The same people who caused her pain, she brought them right to the Messiah so they could be free. Only people who experience the freedom and are living in the joy of the Lord can do that. I think of my own self and how difficult some of those people that have hurt me, how hard it has been to bring them to the Lord. So imagine the joy this woman experienced, the freedom she was walking in, where she could go back and bring them to the feet of the Messiah. Many credit this woman as the first evangelist, the first one to tell people about Jesus. And she told them in the land of Samaria. It all started because she was willing to stay with Jesus. And Jesus is the one who stays. Today, right here and now, Jesus offers us all a path to healing and freedom, and he offers it with the promise of never leaving us. We just all have to get to the place where we're willing to allow the Holy Spirit to pierce our hearts, to confront what needs to be confronted, to lay to rest what needs to be laid to rest, and to heal what is broken. That's a journey to get to that place. That's a road that Jesus promises to walk with us. Jesus went right to Samaria for that one woman. Nothing kept him from getting to her. Nothing will keep him from getting to you. He will meet you right where you are, and he promises us that he will always be the one who stays with us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you that you promised us that you would be with us and that you would never leave us and forsake us. We thank you that whatever we walk through in our lives, you are there. 
We never have to wonder, we never have to question because your word tells us repeatedly that you will always be there. So Heavenly Father, I ask that the Holy Spirit would come and pierce all of our hearts, that you would help us to confront what we need to confront, to lay down what we need to lay down, and to heal what is broken in us. Clear our hearts so that we can be filled with the living water of Christ, so that we may overflow and we may walk in that same freedom and that same joy that the woman at the well did, and that we too can bring others to your feet so they may be freed and experience your eternal life-giving water. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.